0: Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, Bob. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast.
1: Welcome to the Hall of Justice. My name is Seth Everett, and this is episode 177. It's part two of our three-part Superman Red Sun series. And if you want to listen to this into the future please let us know how the world comes back. All I can say is, if you're listening to this the week it was released, this is a crazy time in our country and our world. The coronavirus is a big, big issue. And two episodes ago, we had a whole conversation about the potential impact it would have on the genre we love. We have seen Black Widow indefinitely postponed. We have seen Wonder Woman 1984 move to August, and all things that I can't argue with at this point. And maybe down the road we should do an episode where we talk about the debate on whether or not to take the Black Widow route and possibly go straight to digital, or do you go the Wonder Woman route and hope for the best? It's not an easy decision, and I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer. The CW shows all stopped production at various points during their respective seasons. The most compelling one to me is Supergirl because there was an interview with one of the actors who said that they're almost done with the season finale. And then there's the delay that's going to impact the amazing, wonderful Melissa Benoist because she got pregnant. And I'm not a gossip person, I don't pry into her private life, but I'm sure that her strategic timing was that before she would start showing, she finished season, I think I guess it's five now. And because of this delay, by the time they get the crew back to finish the season finale, the question will be, if she's pregnant, what do they do? do they cgi her belly do they you know use a body double and have her only do close ups I, I don't know i think that's a very compelling thing the other shows i want to see them tie up their seasons and i think you know we've seen the writer strike affect heroes i hope that the coronavirus doesn't have you know a problem with all the cw shows and all of the the superhero shows and there's a lot of other shows but we focus on what is going on in our world uh, of this podcast. Not our world, but our, 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 our genre. Streaming is up and viewership is up. And I think that that's part of it. Uh, Disney moved up the release of Frozen 2 and it was so well received. Such a smart idea. And then you wonder whether or not Black Widow could have a similar impact. Rise of Skywalker is being released early. And I'm very curious to, to reacquire that, that film. I want to see it again, and I want to give it another look. Um, that Ben Affleck movie that we did the podcast, where we had Ben on the show, um, that movie's performance in the box office got affected by the coronavirus, and it's getting an early release on digital. So there's all kinds of stuff going on, and it's all about the world. And if you're listening to this, I have one very serious personal thing I want to say, and that is please stay home. I know the argument. I know you're saying, if I don't go out, if I don't earn, what kind of a father am I? What kind of a person am I? What kind of a worker am I? And I get it. This coronavirus has impacted everybody. I have lost work because of the coronavirus in my sports world. I understand the dilemmas. But the only way we're going to beat this is if everybody stays home and this virus peters out and the numbers don't keep growing exponentially and we can't have political fighting and we can't have people defying it. We can't have spring breakers not heeding the warnings. Everybody just needs to stay home. And we are somewhat quarantined, you know, my wife has autoimmune issues i have asthmatic issues some some respiratory issues we can't get this virus and i don't want to and i won't want to subject my kids to it and i don't want to be quarantined from them i don't want to be aus- isolated from them we are playing it real real safe and if anybody has any questions on what we're doing cuz i'm not saying i'm doing it perfect but I think we are strong. I haven't interacted with another person that is not in my immediate family outside of FaceTime or telephones. I have not in 15 days on the day of this release. So it's weird. It's really, really weird. But thanks to technology, I'm able to do as much work as I can at home. And all I can say at this stage of the game is I just hope people stay safe. In the meantime, if you're looking to. In the meantime, if you're looking for something to watch, can I recommend Superman Red Sun? And no one put me up to saying that. I could have easily presented our great guest today, Diedrich Bader. That's not in question. Superman Red Sun is great gorgeous i said it last week i'll say it again i'm going to say it again and next week we're going to do a full spoiler review of the film uh victor will be back and we'll break down this film and where it stands compared to the other uh dc universe animated films it's great it's a standalone story which is something we're not used to we're, we're used to such a serialized nature in you know this character leads to this character and this film leads to this film and post credit scenes and all those things This is not that. There's a bit of time travel in it, not time travel in the plot, but we go back in time to the time of Eisenhower and the time of JFK, and you see an evolution of this version of Superman's life. And the basic plot, and they give it away, if you don't know the story, it's based on a 2003 Mark Millar book. And the, 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 the basic story is the rocket ship from Krypton lands in the Soviet Union and it doesn't go to Smallville and it's a totally different thing and he is a Soviet soldier and they call him Superman he's not the Superman that we know or I promise you know I promise that it is but my real issue with all of this I'll tell you this If you can, check this film out. It's available on Blu-ray. Digital is the best way to get it. Um, It's got cool bonus features, really neat stuff. Um, It's really great. It's a really great thing. And there's a classic Justice League episode, A Better World, uh, where they meet the Justice Lords. And uh, it's a classic, and it's a two-part episode, and it's on the disc. And that was one of my favorite things when I saw the disc. Uh, I got to re-watch that as well. Uh, last week, we had Roger Craig Smith and we had Vanessa Marshall, and they were awesome. They were really, really awesome. Well, this episode is no less awesome. Diedrich Bader. Now, in the superhero world, we know him from Batman the Brave and the Bold, as well as his many other projects. He has been in so many things. He's also done some really great live-action stuff, which we'll talk to him about including Veep and the current run of Better Things, which is a show I love also. So there's so much to talk to, and for that, we welcome in Diedrich Bader. I have heard you do so many things, and you don't always play the hero. Lex Luthor? How did that go?
0: Um, Well, I got the offer from Warner Brothers, and I didn't actually know the project. I had to ask my son about it. who's the real uh, uh, comic book fan, and he flipped out.
1: It's an iconic book, man. It's it's a big deal, and the book has gone. You know, it, it's become part of legend. You know, there's there's stuff from the '80s that's part of legend, but Red Sun was yeah. always something that comic book fans always said this would be the thing to go into animation with. And it's so funny because you know, in the beginning of the film, everyone has the accents. You know, the the, the Russian accents, and you yeah. come in and you've got a full head of hair, so people don't know it's you right away. And I yeah. hear you and I go, wait a minute, That's I know that voice. I know who that guy is. And I think that familiarity will help the audience adjust to all the changes.
0: To make the transition. Yeah, I hope so, too. I mean, uh, what's so fascinating about it, too, is that as a viewer, you know, you're watching these guys with a Russian accent. Jason Isaacs was really clear about this. You're watching these guys with a Russian accent that are ostensibly, I mean, they're supposed to be speaking russian but they're speaking english and then when the guy speaks american english everybody's like what what's happening um so it's it's kind of fascinating a perspective of an audience is something that i've always found uh interesting as a storyteller it's
1: it's pretty remarkable um what when do you get into a project and how do you gauge because you've done this so many times in animation how do you gauge how complex or how deep the role will be, because there are layers to these characters. And in animation, that's not always the case.
0: 100%. Um, What's so fascinating about animation and about comic books, period, I think, is that uh, certainly at the creation of it, it, there are morality tales where there's a good guy and a bad guy. And there's a conclusion at the end that's very satisfying, um, largely for moral reasons, the, uh, the hero triumphs. Um, in this particular iteration, because it's a matter of perspective and um, moral complexity, um, you know, or moral relativity, I should say, uh, it, it gets it gets a little more complicated. And um, I think one fascinating thing that uh, uh, the director was able to pull out was the, the silences, where people have to make choices, and mm. in those silences, fill them with thought. It's it's really fascinating.
1: It, it it it's a transformation cuz i'm assuming you've seen the film and you know for yeah. for superman the his face i mean the animation's gorgeous but his face that's superman's face and if you just do a close up and don't see the outfit you think he's the superman you know and there's yeah, a familiarity right. with the whole thing it's like even though it's a different upbringing, and he's in a different country, and he's, uh, he's doing a different thing, and the battle is different, and he's ruthless, and it's not exactly him. There's that, that look about him, and it, that's different than the book, because in the book, it's the art style. But in this, you can tell it is a Warner Brothers animation thing, and there's a certain familiarity with all the characters, but especially Superman's face.
0: Right. I thought that was a really interesting choice on uh, um, Bruce Timm's part uh, to make it more of a touchstone and, and uh, less adherence to the, to the book um, so that there was a, a bridge for fans that weren't aware of the book um, just as far as the animation is concerned.
1: Before we get back to the show, I just want to tell you about a very cool announcement that was recently made about the Hall of Justice. We are so excited that this show is now available to stream free on spotify spotify folks that is the what the young kids are using spotify is something my kids use if you haven't tried listening there yet it's it's a downloadable app you can use spotify on any device iphone samsung android whatever you want to do it's a great listening experience you go straight from listening to Music, you can listen to Prince, you can listen to superhero songs, you know, the kind of stuff I listen to, and then switch right over to this podcast in the very same app. Just search for The Hall of Justice on Spotify and start listening free. It's totally free, even if you're not a premium member. We're excited that there are new listeners that are going to find this show, and I'm so grateful for everybody that subscribes, listens, rates, and reviews. The Hall of Justice is now on Spotify. Now back to the show.
0: Justice and peace for all mankind.
1: This movie, uh Batman has a Russian accent. Could you have pulled that off?
0: Oh yeah, totally. What's fascinating <laughs> about it is that they did light accent in order you, you know, Jason Isaacs explained it extremely well at the screening that we did together, which was great. Um where he said, you know, you should always get the sense that he's not speaking English, that he's actually speaking Russian. So he wouldn't speak with a really broad accent because no one speaks their own language with a really broad accent. So you have to think like if it's not a faint accent either. So there's some really interesting choices in there.
1: It's it's, it's complicated. And, and the film is complicated and it's dark. And what's your thought? Oh boy, thought- is it dark. But but as somebody who did Brave in the Bold, and you know we'll get to yeah. that stuff l- later. You you did Brave in the Bold, and I know who the target audience is that. And what I find is, it this is not for the faint of heart. And really, I don't know if I'm the target demo because I might be older than the target demo. But the people who listen to this podcast are, you know, there's a reason yeah. we called it Hall of Justice. You know, if you're old enough to know what the Hall of Justice is, you're our demographic. And the reality <laughs> of it is. is but but the memories that that generation has never saw it this dark and it's weird to see those characters i'm used to seeing spawn do that not batman you know that you know what i mean
0: right yeah no batman is a is a straight up killer i mean he he, he blows people up he uh, he he murders them there's no other way to put it um it's uh it it is really really fascinating um you know in animation overall i mean i mean batman brave and the bold just being one example but an animation period most of the time no one dies um you know you we have this thing where the this, this stay al- alive breath um where you know your character gets you, the helicopter crashes you've fallen from a thousand feet you're on the ground and you go uh ah, to, just to prove to everybody that you're still alive
1: yeah I, I can i can imagine that um do you get the sense in this film that well okay i'm gonna ask the awkward question do you okay. play Do you play Lex Luthor different when he has less and less hair?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, the hair is an indication of him getting older, and as he gets older, he does change. That's one of the nice things about this show, and also the character, is that as he gets older, he grows as a human being. He really does learn, like uh, you know, people do as they as they age. Um, so, uh, so yes, yeah, this slightly. I mean, it's an indication anyway. Is it
1: awkward to have Lex Luthor and Lois Lane be married?
0: Well, no. I mean, um I, I think one of the great relationships in this uh movie uh is the relationship between uh Lex and, and Lois. Um uh, because it starts off where he's, you know, patronizing and kind of a scumbag and then uh discovers this woman that has been there his whole and was a moral moral arbiter for him his whole life um, that he really loves her and just wants to be with her. It's it's a beautiful arc.
1: All right, uh, I want to I want to bounce around just uh, quickly in the in the time that we have, and okay, uh, I'm going to ask awkward questions because I like making you laugh. Um, sure. The Batman that you played in Brave and the Bold. How yes. different is he, and is the Harley Quinn DC Universe show in the same continuity?
0: <laughs> um, it. Largely is. I mean, Batman <laughs> is uh, is such a revered character and somebody that I truly, truly love um, that I I play him honoring who he is. So I'm not trying to go for a joke that would be much easier to do if I didn't love the character as much because I could betray the character really easily, you know, Uh, just for whatever joke just appears. With Batman, he's so sacred to me. I just want to make sure that I don't ever betray the character and betray, you know, the deep love that the fans have for him. So there is some continuity in that, but the tone obviously (laughs) is darker and he's more of a straight man and less of a moral guidepost. Does
1: that make any sense? It does. It, it makes sense. It's just, it, it, it's so out of place. You know, all the voices are pretty much different uh, for most yeah. of the characters. And Kaylee Cuoco is doing a great job and she's, yes, she's she doing her thing. And then you come in, and it's your voice. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> that's the guy who fought Batman. Yeah, I figure I,
0: I do my Batman my way. And my, uh, uh, you know, I, I have one Batman voice. I'm not going to do a different Batman voice, because uh, that's Batman. But, uh, yeah, he just sort of walks into a different universe, which is kind of funny. But, um, but the timing is slightly different. Like, I break up my sentences less, I would say. Um, when I was Batman and Bradman, Brave and Bold, I, uh, I would break up the uh, line readings a little more than I do in this one. So there are some slight differences, but it's pretty much the same. All
1: right, uh, a couple of live-action things. Uh, how great and how fun was Jay and Silent Bob reboot? It just seemed like a big cornucopia of enjoyment. Every scene felt like you guys were having a blast.
0: You know what? Uh, working with Kevin Smith, is one of the highlights of my career um because he runs the nicest friendliest sweetest most supportive and funniest set i've ever been on he's just great to work with um You know, uh, that's why I didn't even finish reading the script when I got the offer. I was like, yes. He responded to me later and said I was the first person that actually responded. I said, that's because I didn't read the whole script. Um, He's just so much fun. He's just a really good guy. You know, he introduces you before every take saying, like, you know, this is why I wanted to bring him on board, and this is what he Uh. means to me that he's here. And I mean, nobody does that. And everybody on the crew loves him, and it's just a really wonderful set.
1: We have so many mutual friends and so many people that are a part of this podcast that has relationships with him. And he grew up so close to me in Jersey that you feel like it's family. And he, you know, his podcasts are so fun because you feel like you know him. And that's the message that all that stuff conveyed. It's not about a plot or anything. It's just about these are people you're rooting for.
0: That's right. That's right. That's Um, very well put.
1: Speaking of people you root for, I don't know if there's a TV show in which you root for the main character more than Better Things. Better Things has been maligned. It was, you know, with the whole Louis C.K. stuff. And it's her baby. And she puts her heart and soul into it. It's so intimate, so personal. And what you do at the end of it is you just are rooting for her happiness. And it is Fascinating to see the evolution. I don't know if there's a character in modern television that you're just gunning for. You're just rooting for her.
0: I love that. You know, you're going to be very satisfied at the conclusion of this um, oh, yeah? season. Then, oh yeah, you're going to be really, really happy with that because uh, it is it pays off in an absolutely enormous way as far as her her growth as a human. It's it's beautiful. Uh, I, it, you know, the series overall. Of all time, it is beautiful because it is. It uh, well, number one is a work of art. It's also genuinely funny. It's also genuinely heartfelt, and it's real. And it portrays women in a way that feels like they actually exist. You know, there's a reason that it starts off so many episodes with her on the bathroom, uh, on yeah. the on the toilet, because it's yeah. like. You know, women go to the bathroom and it's just so rare that you can see like a (laughs) you can see a full rounded human being. And and uh, uh, and she really has brought an amazing depth to television, which is uh, many times a shallow endeavor.
1: She plays a voice artist. And it's so funny because she's such a great voice artist. And your connection to her, you're also, yes, you do live action. I'm not, I'm not belittling your live action stuff, but you have an iconic voice artist resume. Um, is that a kindred spirit kind of thing, and that you both have been in the animation world?
0: You know how this happened, right? Did you know this? I
1: don't, I don't know the story, no. I, okay, the Hall of so Justice has uh, we not covered were, better we were, things. We were,
0: cast, we were cast as um, uh, Weird Al Yankovic's parents, by Swampy Marsh for uh, Milo Murphy's Law. No way. <laughs> and that's, how, he, that's how you know
1: her.
0: Right. And then, well, I knew her peripherally, but I didn't really get to know her until we played husband and wife. And Swampy did an interesting thing, which doesn't happen very often. He brought us in at the same time just to see what our relationship would be like and see mm-hmm. if we recorded together. And we had such a good time. I mean, we hit it off in a way that was, I, it, I, it was both deep and... It's hard to describe, but it was just like we're both actors that've been kicking around a long time. We have very similar approach to work, and um, and it was a very deep connection immediately. And she goes, "I'm gonna put you on my show." And for the amount of times that I've heard that and it's followed through, would be you know pretty slim. But but she followed through. Sure enough, she's a she's a woman of her word.
1: No, it's great. It's a, it's a really cool thing. And last one. Um, if there's a smarter show out there than Veep was, um, just, just brilliant. And whether you are into politics or not, you can just gravitate to the hilarity that that show and your character in that show, the way you push her and the way she rolls her eyes, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, yeah. it is just priceless
0: well thanks. that was a good opportunity for me because I grew up in politics. uh My dad was the chief of staff of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Oh so wow. I knew these sharks. yeah, no, I knew these guys i mean uh they were at our dinner table um so that kind of hard driving personality is somebody that i'm I'm very very used to and um I think that was one of the reasons I was cast um was that uh, I knew these people and I felt very comfortable in the idiom and and uh uh uh, and, you know, Julie and I got along really well, so we could push the relationship in a way that, where we were completely comfortable because we knew we liked each other. So uh, so that was a great discovery. Also, Armando is an incredibly talented person. Oh, so the template that he said that Dave then took uh, over for was uh, yeah. incredible.
1: Oh, it's was fantastic. And, and Dave worked on the Clerks cartoon, so it all came out in uh, full circle, and the familiarity was good. And it just felt, again, it feels like people you know. Uh, finally, the Lex Luthor that you play in Superman Red Sun, would you say he's heroic? He does heroic things, but is he still a hint of the Lex Luthor we know?
0: Well, just as Superman lands in a different country, and so he sees the world through a different prism, Lex, having Superman as his uh, nemesis in another country, then becomes a fighter for America and American ideals. So it's a matter of taking the same person and putting him in different circumstances. And that's what's so interesting about this tale, that it is the tale of uh, you know two heroes, Superman and Lex Luthor, and their different perspectives, given their uh, circumstances. Does that make any sense?
1: It uh, it does. It's out on Blu-ray the week that this episode is coming out, and I guess the only thing I would say is it's good for the Superman fan, but it's also I think it, it's impressive to see the non-traditional superhero fan. If there's a jumping on point, there's no backstory. There's you don't have to right. worry. Like everything's explained in the first ten minutes. You know the whole yeah, story. Totally. In the first ten minutes, you know exactly what this world is. You don't need the Super Friends or the Smallville or or the or all the cinema stuff. You don't need Batman: The Animated Series to get this. This is no, 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 you don't, you don't just jump on board. Yeah. And if, if you're new to the whole genre, this is a great jumping on point.
0: Well, that's a great point because it, it creates its own universe, and uh, uh, yeah, that's what's well that.
1: That's very very cool, Diedrich. Thank you so much. I, we're bummed that you didn't get a chance to do the New York premiere. Uh, You know, yeah, that, the coronavirus and all that nonsense. Yeah. But uh, yeah. home to direct to video is a good thing. I said, there's a whole Netflix list that I'm going to tackle while sports is off the air. So this yeah, is a great thing. Yeah. At,
0: I think for a lot of people, they're going to shut in and they're going to watch some old movies and new movies and they're going to, you know, rediscover what it's like to be, uh, you know, entertained at home. And I think it's really cool.
1: One of the, my favorite episodes, we've done 175 episodes of this show. One brilliant. of my favorite episodes of this show we ever did was we ranked, I think there were 30 at the time, the, the DC Warner Brothers animated films. And it was wow. so much fun because we had to rewatch them. And I say we have, we've probably done five new movies since then, so we could redo yeah, yeah. the list. And I just think it would be fun. And let's face it, if you're in quarantine, what's better than cartoons?
0: Oh, no, they're the best because they take you out of your own world. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly,
1: exactly. Thanks for doing this, man. I hope to talk to you again sometime.
0: Yeah, that was really fun. We are friends now. Come on. Dude, there you go. I won
1: you over. All right.
0: Up top. All right.
1: <laughs> Diedrich Bader right here on the Hall of Justice. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for downloading, subscribing. couple of questions. Do me a favor. How do you hear this show? Do you hear it on iTunes? Do you hear it on Apple? Do you hear it on Stitcher? Do you hear it on Podbean? Do you hear it on Radio.com? Do you hear it on Spotify? I'd love to know. Hit me up on Twitter, at Seth underscore Everett. Diedrich Bader is a lot of fun. And that show, Better Things that he's on, is fantastic. It's so unique and so different than what's out there. It's really, really good. Next week, Victor Dandridge will return and we are going to break down this film like there's no other in part three of our Superman Red Sun series. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Oh, and thanks to Warner Brothers Animation and all the crew for setting us up with the interview. Really, really appreciate Diedrich Bader's time. We will see you next week. Stay safe, everyone, and please stay home.